I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Matt Pacho gets back in the lineup, Bridget, and, and that was your opening shift, so I'll let you take that away. Yeah, and to tie those two things together, Matt Pacho got a little bit less ice time than Jesper Boquist uh, in that game. So um, he's still kind of being eased back in, and part of it did have to do, like I mentioned earlier, with the fact that Tampa Bay started the game dressing uh, seven defensemen, so they were down a forward. So they already had like a weird situation with their forward lines, and then they lost a forward during the game. So then they were really only down to those three lines. Um, and Montgomery said that was a big factor in matchups and, and usage of, of Patra. Um, I'm really happy to see that he was playing center. Um, and I know we talked about how early look, we're going back like over a month here now, but him getting that having that built-in day off and and built-in rest to try to make sure he's used to or like get a, get him acclimated to an NHL season with so many games. Um obviously at juniors he was playing back-to-back days a lot of times, but the fact that Canada exited early might have actually helped him in terms of coming back to Boston because obviously he gets back sooner, but he also gets a little bit of extra rest in between. So I think the the plan to the original plan was probably not to play him Saturday, assuming Canada actually made the final, which they didn't. Um, but I think it, it all worked out okay for Potter, even though I'm sure he would have liked to play for gold. Uh, he's happy to be back in Boston. And I think they put him in the role. They did put him in the role that he was most likely to succeed in, which is center. Um, and with Frederick playing as well as he is right now, maybe that lifts Potter up as well. Yeah, and also good for him to get a home game in before they go out on the West. Well, I guess technically not the West Coast, but Colorado, Vegas. Um, you know, that's that would have been even tougher if it's, okay, he flies from Sweden to Boston, gets maybe, you know, one practice in there, and then fly three more time zones out West. Like, that would be tough. So did probably work out even though he was obviously disappointed. You know, he's talked about how he's going to, try to use that as, as motivation, you know, what you hear from players a lot after a tough loss like that, like you want to do whatever you can to not feel like that again. So um, by the way, to kind of tie, tie three things together here, the lightning went down to 10 forwards because Trent Frederick landed a hard, clean hit on Tanner Janot that knocked him out of the game. Tanner Janot had, as he always does, you know, runs around, looks for big hits he was the one who landed like Patra. the forearm shiver to Patra's face. So 
again, like not that you wish injury on any on anyone, but you like seeing Trent Frederick finish a hard, clean hit on that guy. And, um, mm. you know, even if it doesn't knock him out of the game, puts maybe, you know, a second thought in his head of like, hey, if you're going to run around, take shots at our guys, we're going to do the same to you. Yeah, that that hit at, on Patro was scary for a second because you see him bleeding and he's coming off the ice and you couldn't really see at first that it was his nose. It looked like maybe he had like a slice on his cheek or something like that. And also wondering, was it like a serious head injury when he goes down the tunnel? But he came back fairly quickly once his nose was plugged. Um, and like I said, we talked about the game. I asked him how he was feeling. He said he was fine. So um, shouldn't be out at any point in time because of it. But um, but yeah, I don't know if you guys had had anything else about Patra. I, I did want to plug that later on in this week, uh, later on this week, we'll have Peter Sibner from uh, Elite Prospects joining us on the podcast to kind of go over a little bit of World Junior stuff and some of the prospects, including Patra, some of the guys from BCBU, uh, some Bruins prospects, just different things that relate to the Boston area in terms of uh, prospects who are in college. And in the case of Patra, somebody who's already in Boston. Uh, but I mean, you, you guys are like me. You like to look at the prospects a lot. You like to watch college hockey. Um, we're tied into, you know, local hockey in terms of college as well. And, and uh, even now the PWHL. So yeah, and also a shout-out to Team USA. They won their sixth uh, gold at World Juniors, beating Sweden. Was it 7-3? And it, was just, yeah. you know, it wasn't even, it wasn't even um, much of a game. It was kind of start to finish. USA kind of had control. Um, you know, people will talk about how Canada didn't have some Fantilli um, and maybe uh, – who's the kid for Buffalo? Um Benson, maybe Benson. Yeah, Zach Benson. I think he's of age too, but it's like, okay, well, they weren't there. And that's Team Canada's problem, not, you know, everybody else in the tournaments. But, um, yeah, that was a you, – you mentioned uh, the, the the scouting bridge. Like, that that just popped into my mind. But um, on Patra, um, you guys kind of hit it. I, I think, yeah, I mean, Tanner, you know, that's the second time this year that a Bruin has kind of greenlit him. Charlie McAvoy had probably his best hit of the year down in Tampa Bay back in November on Juneau. Um, I guess a, a question for me from uh, for you guys is just, yeah, uh, Tampa Bay is a team that's been in the dogfight for the playoff positioning and obviously a ton of high-end skill. And by all accounts, the Bruins match that intensity. And, you know, it's for a, t for a team that's offensively deficient, uh, as we talk about with, with the Bruins, it's relative to the rest of the league. They're offensively deficient compared to last year. But, I mean, as I said earlier, they're averaging five goals a game in the last six, seven games and, um, you know, seven goals against Tampa Bay. This Bruins team might be able to score more than we gave them credit for. And I think the emergence of Trent Frederick is one reason. They're, they're scoring more of late. Jake DeBrus is getting hot. That makes sense. Uh, Morgan Geeky is continuing to produce. So, like, this is when everybody pulls on the rope, this is what can happen. But everybody has to keep doing that. Yeah, and, you know, Tampa, it's – you kind of saw, like, the good and the bad of what they're doing this season, which is, like, Nikita Kucherov blows you, blows you away. He was excellent, a goal and two assists. The – Brian, I, I figured you would have brought up Hampus Lindholm getting turned around by now with, you know, the, well, the consummate, I would, I would have, 
campus hater, but I would have, but he uh he at least had a nice actually you know what I'm thinking of last game that passed the passion act. That was against the Penguins. So yeah, you're right. What was on home doing that <laughs> one? <laughs> he did have two assists in this game too. Um but yeah, I mean that was just a filthy play though. Like I, I don't there's not too many NHL defense when you were for making a play on that. Kucherov with the speed coming at you goes goes through the legs and then yeah. backhand right through the seam to Braden Point. And in- yet sorry, where like where I was rounding out to with this, even with Kucherov having those three points, he was a minus two for the game. Like the Lightning are giving up a lot of chances this year. Teams are yeah, like those guys are going to get their points. Kucherov, point. You know, Edmonds actually having a little bit of a down year. Um, you know, Stamco's still good, if not elite anymore. But that they're not deep. Like they're they're not getting the support from other lines. Their defense is a been not very good, and b banged up. Mikhail Sergachev and Eric Chernak both out right now, and even when with Vasilevsky back, like. He can only do so much that they're they're in trouble. I mean, they're outside of the playoffs right now, and they, I think, really have an uphill fight to, to try to get in because it's they are totally reliant on Kucherov and their top guys, and I don't know if that alone is going to be enough for them. Yeah, and just to put it into perspective, the kind of season Kucherov is having, he has four more goals than Pasternak, who feels like, I'm watching Pasternak score every single time we're at the garden. Um, so Gutrov has 28 goals, uh, which is kind of crazy. And, and Pasta has 24. So, uh, and you see that he can just make those nasty plays still. Uh, so yeah, he's, he's a tough one to defend. So Brian, I'm guessing that's why it didn't come immediately to mind. Well, yeah. And, and I mean, to that point though, um, four goals more than Pasternak. He's also leading the NHL in points with 67. Kucherov is, and then Pashnak has 50. Yeah, to your point, Bridget, like Pashnak has 55 points, and every single game he's like got a multi, multi points for, for Kucherov to have 11 more, 12, how many points does he have again? Um, 12 more points in Pashnak. That's just like, what? So, yeah, it's impressive. So, I'll give Lindholm a, a, a pass on that one. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because at the game, uh, against Tampa Bay and Pasternak scores. It's like the, one of the thoughts that went into my head is like, even any fan like coming to the garden, like he's just a treat to watch, like no matter what day, it's just like you you're selling tickets. I mean, the team's good, but like people want to come see Pasternak. Like, he he's having an, another incredible season and he, you're always going to see something fun from him, even if the Bruins lose. So obviously last night was an exciting high scoring game uh, with a lot of goals and, and a lot of opportunities. Uh, but Pasternak never makes you regret buying a ticket to go see the Bruins. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Yeah, I mean, Pasternak's on pace to, to top his point total from last year. He had 113 last year, and 
He's already got 55 through 38 games. Like he's he's not quite on 60 goal pace again, but we've we've talked about you know him having more assists this season. Like it, that was yeah, that was just a great show. Like both teams, but also like the Pasternak Kucherov duel of those guys just making high end plays back and forth. And there's like a little something there between them too because they've mixed it up in the past and Pasternak. At one point in this game, went out of his way to finish a hit on Kucherov, um, so it, it's great. Like it, it's just great entertainment. Yeah, especially where everybody seems to be best friends nowadays on on opposing teams. It's good to see some some rivalries between yeah, tends, Russian, Russian guys tend to not be friends with people on other teams. Just uh, historically, well, and but... specifically with Czech guys, like that's definitely yeah. rivalry. It's like an oh, Eastern yeah. European rivalry there. Yeah. Um, so Tampa Bay, clearly, you know, they're, they're, they're not the cream of the crop in the Atlantic division. Uh, right now it's, it's record wise, it's Boston, but, you know, I would argue that Florida is playing some really confident hockey right now. Um, they're on Boston seals and Toronto is always, you know, right there as well. But if we're talking style, style of play and, and, um, and playoff pedigree, uh, you know, Florida's a team to beat in that comp in that that division right now, in my opinion. Um, until somebody does because they they are the Eastern Conference champs from last year. They beat Boston last year and Toronto last year in the playoffs to get there. So um, you know, it's it's the Bruins can't control anybody else besides themselves, but it is good to know in the back of their mind, um, like they, they have to keep building their game and and, and they've given themselves leeway um not so much from florida but certainly for a playoff spot um and it's 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 a it's a constant reminder that like this team is going to be there in april and you're going to have to get through them and you're going to have to beat them at their at their own game which is not nothing more than just hard work really like you have to outwork florida and um if they meet and i think that i think that this time last year the bruins just had no adversity at all throughout the regular season, except for a couple of injuries to begin the year. Um, this year, and I think Brandon Carlos spoke about it uh, after, was it the Pittsburgh loss maybe? Um, that adversity is good because it's going to help them in the long run. And um, that's why anytime there's been a bump in the road this year, I haven't really, you haven't really heard me get too angry about it because I, I think this team needs the, uh, these hurdles to be better suited for playoff style hockey. And no matter if they stay in first place this year, they just need to keep playing. Um, just blue collar hockey and it's going to, you look at uh, Florida, that's the only way you're going to yeah. be. Yeah. The good news is that last two games, they did have that fight and you could see it like in that Pittsburgh game battling back. Um, they never gave up. They fought and fought. And so there was kind of positives to take out of that game, even though ultimately they lost. And then you see something similar against Tampa Bay. I felt like a full 60 minute effort, uh, which, you know, that hasn't been the case the whole season, but, uh, you see him putting a few together in a row and you're thinking this team, you know, has figured out how to deal with some of these things that maybe last year they didn't get put through. Yeah. Florida's just rolling seven straight wins and they are right now they're wrapping up basically the exact same road trip that the Bruins are about to begin. Uh, they started in Arizona four one win, go to Vegas four one win last Saturday night there in Colorado eight to four win. And then they wrap up with St. Louis Bruins play those exact four teams over the next week. So you can kind of get a little bit of here's what they did versus these teams. 
let's see what the Bruins do. Um, you know, now it's possible Florida also maybe jolted those teams to life, gave them a bit of a wake-up call, and, you know, the Bruins see a better effort. But, um, yeah, re- really impressive what the Panthers are doing right now. Yeah, they have that effect on teams. The, the, every every single every single night you uh, you check the like the league highlights or what or what's going on in the league. Like you'll if you if I don't know how your guys' YouTube algorithm works, but every time I go on YouTube, it's it's like a hockey suggested video or something like that. Um, and it's always like it's all the thumbnail always seems to be like Matthew Kachuk and Sam Bennett in some sort of net mount scrum. And it's like every team they play, every building they go into, they just they get under the skin of their opponents. It's just it's who they are. It's, it's their DNA, and, and that's not going to change at all. So um, I'm sure the Bruins know to expect that based off of last year. But um, yeah, Florida's the real deal. I think that you know they're a good team, and yeah, it'll be fun. They'll, the Bruins have to earn everything that they get this year. Yeah, my my YouTube algorithm is hockey plays and Harry Styles music videos. So in case you're wondering, what's your yeah. share for the class? Ho- hockey and Bruce Springsteen old concert footage. See, very good. Good place to wrap. Good place. Yeah, I think so I think so. You guys, you guys have anything else, Scott? You want to plug anything for the week? Uh, no. To tune into Wei Midnight to Midnight for uh, Wall to Wall Bill Belichick coverage. <laughs> That's Midnight to Midnight. Okay, you could just say twenty four hours. You know, um, yeah. Scott, are you going on as an analyst? Uh, yeah. The, we're we're going to talk about his uh, fan banner captaincy. From, uh, okay. From yeah. Final. Yeah. It's a, it's a big part of his legacy. Yeah. Well, I'll believe it when I see it. So. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. I mean, you're right, Scott. Though this is, I mean, honestly, if if he does get let go or goes elsewhere, I, I think there's been a lot of times over the years where the Patriots have had 24/7 coverage and it's been unnecessary. I think this this one actually probably deserves it. There's a lot. There's a lot of meat in this bone. So. Whereas earlier this season, no. Right. No. Finally, we're getting to something that's big, but mm-hmm. yeah, you know what? They better lose. They better lose. I hope so. By the time people are watching this, it'll already be over. But uh, I want that. I want that second round. I, I want that second overall pick. Like, come on, guys. I know. Just, it does them no favors to win. They have I, to I feel like Robert Kraft should say to Bill Belichick, "If you don't lose this game, you lose your job." <laughs> Find a way to lose this freaking yeah, game. Yeah, Unfortunately, it's tough to uh, it's tough to throw a game without being obvious. That's the problem. Put Mac Jones in. Yeah. You can't. And I mean, like I, I won't preview, but like it's also probably almost certainly Matthew Slater's last game. And you know, think think guys guys play hard for him too. But yeah, yeah, fast fascinating times in Boston sports. Um, Montgomery would be. If Belichick gets fired, then Montgomery and uh, Joe Mazzula move up to second uh, for longest tenured Boston coaches. And that's two years. Okay. Yeah, at two years. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that wraps up this episode of uh, Six Rings in Football. I mean, um, <laughs> a podcast. And uh, enjoy your work week, and we'll talk to you soon.